Despite the government's claim that it was operational, the Canadian embassy in Israel was in fact closed during Hamas's brutal attack last weekend. Toronto police arrest three men over alleged threats at a Jewish high school. The federal government's travel vaccine mandate is back in court. Hello Canada, it's Friday, October 13th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm William Macbeth. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Despite the federal government's claims that its embassy in Israel was operational, a new report confirms it was in fact closed as Canadians sought help during and after Hamas's latest attacks. The attacks began Saturday on the Thanksgiving weekend outside of normal business hours. Many Canadians turned to emailing Global Affairs Canada after being unable to visit or reach officials at the embassy in Tel Aviv. In a statement, Global Affairs Canada stated, quote, Since the beginning of this crisis, Canadian officials have been working around the clock to support Canadians. The missions in Tel Aviv and Ramallah remained operational through the weekend and will continue to be. Our missions will open on Monday, October 9th, unless security conditions do not allow for it. We will be assessing the security situation daily in coordination with our allies. The term operational was then used and repeated by many government officials to comfort those concerned for loved ones abroad. A briefing was held for parliamentarians by the GAC on Wednesday afternoon via Zoom. One parliamentarian asked a similar question regarding the distinction between operational and open. The briefing was non-public, however multiple parliamentarians who attended confirmed that the government's response to this question was that citizens were helped by officials in Canada through an emergency operations center in Ottawa, not via the embassy in Tel Aviv or the diplomatic mission in Ramallah, which did not open until Monday. In other words, the embassy was closed and not even operational over the weekend. So the Liberal government is sending mixed messages here. On the one hand, they're using this term operational, which could mean many things, but as MPs are right to point out, that doesn't necessarily mean open and accessible to people in Israel. I've heard reports that concerned people even went so far as to emailing MPs like Conservative MP Melissa Lantzman to figure out how to get out of Israel and get the help they needed. William, do you think the government failed Canadians in Israel during this difficult time in this instance? Well, like most people who were glued to social media over the weekend as this attack unfolded, I saw lots of examples of Canadians in Israel tweeting about the fact that they were not getting any response to their inquiries from our representatives in Israel, and it seemed like the embassy was completely shut. And this report would seem to bear that out. And, you know, this isn't the first time that Canada has been quite slow off the mark helping people during a crisis. I can understand how, at least in the first couple hours, there might not have been anybody in our embassy in Tel Aviv responding to concerns or in Jerusalem. 
But after the first day, you think they have everybody back in and up and running. So the fact that it did take them several days and left Canadians in this dangerous situation without any on the ground assistance, I think it's pretty shameful. And I think it's just par for the course, though. This is this is what happens when our government is too slow to react to emerging crises. Yes. And I wonder what were the uh, ambassadors and the diplomatic officials doing exactly during these few days when they were closed? Were they just on vacation? Were they just kind of hanging out? We've seen the Canadian government take a strong pro-Israel position, but it makes me wonder if they're really able to back up their words with action. And one example is that Canada continues to fund the UNRWA, and Part of that money does go to Palestinian authorities, although the Canadian government disputes that. So do you think they're really backing up their position here, William? Well, they've made a statement. Minister Jolie made a statement saying, oh, don't worry, we'll make sure none of the funds that Canada is providing end up in the hands of Hamas. But I have very little confidence that this government has the wherewithal to ensure that it's that our tax dollars are being used in a way that isn't ending up supporting people who have committed terrible crimes. And the fact that they're so secretive about all of it makes me believe that that they're not really in a position to make those guarantees. And so I think actions speak louder than words. They're going to have to show us, not just tell us. Talk is cheap when it comes to this government. Toronto police have apprehended three individuals following violent threats directed towards a Jewish high school in North York. The incident unfolded at the Community Hebrew Academy of Toronto, CHAT, earlier on Thursday, while tensions remain high following Hamas's attack on Israel this past weekend. At approximately noon, authorities were summoned to CHAT in response to reports circulating online about potential threats. Three males were identified at the school and were instructed to vacate the premises. Following their removal, threats were allegedly made, leading to the suspects fleeing the scene. Law enforcement quickly launched a search operation, successfully tracking down and arresting all three individuals in connection with the incident. The Toronto Police's Hate Crimes Unit is now actively investigating the case, according to a post by the Toronto Police Service's official X account. In a recent video statement, the former leader of Hamas, Khaled Mishal, called for a global day of jihad on Friday, October 13th urging supporters of the terrorist organization in various countries to mobilize against Israel. Last weekend's Hamas attack on Israel ignited nationwide protests in Canada, spanning cities including Ottawa, Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Montreal. So with everything that's happened, do you think Israeli Canadians should be worried about their safety right now, Kosman? I think with some of the stories we're seeing emerge over the last week, they have every right to be concerned. With the protests, we've seen, unfortunately, very many calls to violence, anti-Semitic statements, a lot of animosity based on ethnicity. So I sympathize with Jewish Canadians because they're really in an environment where Canada looks different than before. It's more threatening. And with this statement by the former Hamas leader for a global jihad, it is really concerning what will happen today because he called for a global jihad on Friday. So I think authorities will be on high alert. I think Jewish groups 
will be sticking together and, and trying to weather this storm. Former Newfoundland Premier Brian Peckford and People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier appealed a finding that their challenge of the air travel vaccine mandate was moot during a four-hour-long Wednesday hearing at the Federal Court of Appeal. Peckford and several other applicants were represented by Alison Prijovic. Bernier was represented by Samuel Bachand. Other applicants included Carl Harrison and Sean Rickard. The applicants argued that a federal court judge's ruling of mootness was incorrect because, quote, one of the most important factors for the mootness motion was the fact that the government publicly threatened to reimpose the air vaccine mandate using strong and clear language. The travel vaccine mandate was brought into effect in November 2021 and prevented around 5.2 million Canadians who decided to not get vaccinated from traveling by air or train. Peckford and Bernier, along with other challengers, argued that the mandate violated Canadians' right to mobility guaranteed by the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Affidavits filed in the appeal contended that restrictions on domestic travel in a country as large as Canada likely had significant impacts on Canadians. The case was filed in February 2022 and the hearing was scheduled for October 2022. More than 14,000 pages of evidence were prepared by both parties in preparation for the hearing. William, despite the court ruling that the challenge was moot, do you think Bernier and Peckford have a right to challenge this mandate further in court? How much further will this go? Will we reach the Supreme Court? Well, I think a lot of the measures implemented during the pandemic were supposedly either temporary or the result of an extraordinary circumstance. But what I think there hasn't been enough of is consideration post-pandemic about whether or not these measures were appropriate, were effective, and balanced the needs of Canadians to have their own personal liberties and the need for public safety. None of that reflection seems to have happened. The government has simply ignored a lot of the concerns Canadians have. And I, and I really hope that um, something like this gets a gets a full day in court, uh, actually, literally in court, because the government did threaten to reimpose these things. And we're seeing now some new mandates come back in terms of masking. And if we don't assess how we handled the pandemic the first time, what lessons we learned, what worked, what didn't, how could we do things better, then what's going to happen if and when we face another situation? We'll go into it with the same blundering response we had to the last one. So whether or not this makes it all the way to the Supreme Court, I don't know. But I do think it's appropriate to really look back on some of these things, including, for example, the travel provision and ask if this was appropriate. And on balance, did it achieve anything or was it simply a hurdle put into place that it made it harder for some Canadians without having a lot of impact on the spread of COVID-19? We've seen some countries undertake an inquiry into their pandemic handling. Why do you think the Liberals have yet to do so? It's a good question. I think probably in this case, the Liberal government isn't interested in relitigating some of these issues because the evidence shows that a lot of the things we did didn't actually have a lot of impact on preventing the spread of COVID-19. And rather than admit it had made mistakes, which is something this government never likes to do, 
it's just trying to brush the whole thing under the carpet and move on. So I really do hope that at some point there are more of these reflective moments where we look back and think, was this the right decision? Did this actually help save lives? Or was this just costly and harmful to Canadians without achieving any real outcome? That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. 